Hi everyone, this is Gireja, a linguistic by profession, a language enthusiast you can say. You're tuning into my podcast named Bahubhashik Talks. Bahubhashik Talks will invite language experts from all over the world. These experts will talk to us about languages, culture, literature and people. Hope you like it. Thank you so much. So welcome to Bahubhashik Talks, Maboni. How you have been? I've uh, been good, Gurija. How have you been? And thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you, rather, and I've been great. Thank you so much for asking. So, and I would like to tell everyone that when I uh, I met Maboni at Chinhua Homestead almost eight years back, and when I told him about this podcast and I requested him to be on the show without even taking a second, he said that this is this sounds really very interesting, Gurija, and let's do it. and he's a very busy person and still out of his really busy schedule he has taken a time out for us to share a lot of interesting stories about south africa so what 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 is that first thing you would like to tell our audience about yourself and the country you represent yeah um thank you very much for having me again and thank you for that question um if i was to say anything about who i am i'm just a a lovely being i'm a rolling stone i try new things like yourself um i learn a lot from people i love people traveling always if you like learning and you like education traveling is always good but my most deliberate passion is directed towards the development of science and technology within south africa it's a disadvantaged and underprivileged communities um so i do a lot of activism work in that space i do a lot of corporate social inve- investment uh, consultancy and um all around just like being a human being and spreading love faith and hope and about south africa well you know um india is our greatest rival when it comes to cricket <laughs> uh, <laughs> and um it's just a country we know a lot of people just just over 60 million i think we the population stands at 66 million people currently and we have different languages we have a lot of languages but the official languages that are recognized by our constitution mm-hmm. is 11 and we have a, a lot of diversity we have people of different races creed and tribes and so on and, st- and stuff like that So that's basically how I would sum up myself and the country that I'm uh, from, which is South Africa. All uh, right, and uh, you did mention that there are many languages in South Africa, and then you must be interacting with these people uh, from your the kind of work you are doing. So, do you know all those languages, or knowing the language which is being recognized by your institution helps you in communicating with them? Uh, thank you. I know a couple a couple well, not a couple I know more than half of the languages I can from the 11 uh-huh. I can understand 9 wow. and I can fluently speak 7 wow so um it is easy for me as I travel the country and I interact with people especially from disadvantaged communities because you find that there's disparities between the people from affluent areas and disadvantaged areas when it comes to um english proficiency yeah. so it is fruitless to go into a community and be speaking or communicating with them in english uh, for large parts having them not understanding what 
you're actually trying to say to them what you're trying to interact or learn from them so that you can bring forth change. So, yeah, I, I, I know seven. I can speak seven fluently. Mm-hmm. I can understand nine. Um, and that helps me when I do all this activism work across the country. Right. And uh, do you find any influence of English language in any of the seven, nine, eleven languages uh, exist in South Africa? It's not entirely an English influence, but there are certain um, objects or items which traditionally maybe we'd say did not exist or in South Africa or the African different tribes did not actually name. So we borrow from English as uh, as the languages evolve. So yeah. what we do is take an English language and maybe uh, give it a, a change in terms of sound and spelling definitely mm-hmm. uh, but have it mean the same thing and that's how language evolves as time go okay. go as time goes on yeah. but it is not necessarily a, a, a big impactful influence mm-hmm. by the English language on uh, the indigenous languages that exist in South Africa okay okay and is there any culture influence at such or if not language from western have it's been borrowed from Western culture or South Africa has its own distinct culture? Oh, the cultural influence is immense. Um, yo, so because we are a very diverse country, when a person says to themselves that um, I'm, I'm South African, it, it is not necessarily a national identity rather than a geographic location of residency. So if I'm saying to you that I'm South African, um, probably because I'm meeting you outside the the border, the borders or the boundaries of South Africa, where I'm from, or you and I are meeting mm-hmm. either in India or in a neutral ground outside our different and ind- individual uh, countries. Um, when I say I'm South African, I'm just highlighting where I'm from. But to tell you who I am, I'd have to then delve deeper into uh, a layer of my tribe or my ethnicity so a lot a lot of how we live a lot of the kind of food we eat a lot of the lifestyle we now practice and engage in has been influenced largely by by western culture uh i mean you'd find that a typical supper for an an a a a very very african traditional Closer family or indigenous family mm-hmm. is pasta or you find bread and french fries or okay. they're dining with wine and all that mm-hmm. okay. so there's been a lot of uh western influence as a result of colonialism and and and, and oppression from yeah. back in the days right okay and i think as you also mentioned it's a very diverse uh, uh country when you uh same is with India. India is also a very diverse country. But then when we move out of India and we go to any other country, we sometimes find that there's also influence of Indian culture to some other countries. Do you see any such cultural influence of South Africa to some other countries? There is definitely, but not um, beyond uh, the, the, the African continent. But if you go to our neighboring countries, they're in the South African southern african democratic uh, community mm-hmm. uh your botswana your lesotho zimbabwe mm-hmm. tanzania there's there's a lot of um, influence 
uh, that South Africa has, either it be on lifestyle, either it be on the type of music that they listen to. And with regards to a global influence, um, I'd say there is a new genre that South Africa has just been exploring when it comes to music and they call it I'm a piano and it's taking the world by storm. I see artists for who are performing that genre, performing in London, in Paris, in different cities in Portugal. So they have spread all over the world mm-hmm. um, in that way. So currently, as we speak, I think the greatest influence that South Africa has is uh, through music. And I think it. I, I think it is also through cricket because I know in India, AB de Villiers is the most admired cricket star after any other cricketers which they follow in India. You know, so there are so many yeah, yeah. who want to become like AB de Villiers. They want to bat like AB de Villiers. So, 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 what would you like to tell about this exchange of? Uh, and you also mentioned in your introduction that there is a huge rivalry between India and South Africa when it is up to cricket. So, you know, I'm really interested in knowing uh, that aspect from you. So, so, thank you for that. It's it's basically the same all around. Okay. Uh, we we gain we gain inspiration from some, excuse me, Indian cricket players. Uh, I mean. Sachin Tendulkar has been a great inspiration from us growing up as young people, um, together with Graham Smith. Uh, and as as we grow and we see the, the, the different rivalries that we have with India when it comes to cricket, yeah. um, we get a lot of inspiration from 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 it the unfortunate thing about south africa is that as, as much as we can fight for number one on different um rankings on of, of different categories when it comes to knockout competition of world cups yeah. either be one day international or t20 i don't know whether south african players get the heebie-jeebies glitch and their software's malfunction uh-huh. yeah, but we don't we don't do great in those competitions huh of course, I mean, yeah, I, I can understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know that there is a tag which South Africa has of tokers. You know, they just can't uh, get out of it. In fact, even I feel very bad. And when you know, um, as far as my personal choice is concerned, whenever India is not in that knockout uh, matches, the second base team I support and I cheer for is South Africa. Because I really like all the players which play, you know, be it Rabada. Rabada is one of my favorite players from the current slots. And then when they lost yeah, yeah. the match, it's me who feels really, very bad. And you know, a lot of other Indians. So even we feel for you. Don't worry. Indians are in bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely. We have, we have individual great players. We have a great yeah. team. But when you get to the to the global stage of competition mm-hmm. and not just rankings as a result of uh, concerted games clumped up into one, I, I really have no idea whether it's bad luck, <laughs> whether it's just that we, we get stage fright at the highest stage of the competition or what. But I, I, I'm hoping that our luck changes very soon and uh, maybe we'll be like the Springboks with rugby and just dominate uh, uh, the whole World Cup and bring back home gold. Right. Right. Even I would really like to see your team lifting up some world tournaments. Oh, I'll be very 
soon. <laughs> Trust you me, we all wish for that. Eh? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. After India, as I told you, the second team I cheer for is definitely South Africa. And also because of IPL, there are so many new talent which uh, we also get to know, which we won't we have an option otherwise, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, and also now cricket is a very famous sport. But beyond cricket, what is the perception about India in South Africa? How India is perceived there? So, I think for me, it will be different because I've had the privilege of um, traveling even outside South Africa as a country. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I come in from, I'll give my perspective right now and from when I was a young uh, boy, um, not being exposed to a lot of information and all that. So, the, in, in, in our rural and township communities, in dis- previously disadvantaged communities, uh, we have what we call spaza shops, which are literally just small supermarkets that are in those little communities. And they offer sales, be it from household goods to food and other sundry items. So a lot of those communities and a lot of those supermarkets are owned by a lot of people who have Indian in uh, descent uh, so a lot of people from the asian uh, region either be it pakistani people from bangladesh or people from uh, india so the perception from a not so privileged young south african would be that um the business acumen of indian people is is, is top notch oh. and they know how to run a successful supermarket or business mm-hmm. and for a person like myself who has uh, had the privilege and ability to travel either from within the borders of South Africa or outside uh, my understanding or my perception would be different in that I know that you interact with in each and every person differently but with and about a country um, as it is I know more because I'm politically involved and astute. So I know that uh, both our countries belong to the BRICS Corporation, right. which uh, includes Brazil, Russia, and China. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm well versed in that and I understand. So there's also a, a city in, in, in South Africa called Durban. Mm-hmm. So that is where you would find a lot of what for lack of a better word, South African Indians, if I was if I was to, to, to say it like that. So if I was to take you and put you in Durban, mm-hmm. you you would think that you are in mini India. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that's where a lot of us get and um, the knowledge of the Indian culture, where we enjoy the food and they 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 the community of South African Indians they they integrate the, the, the Indian cuisines into South African traditional meals and we both enjoy it so it brings us together right. as, as, as South Africans and, and we learn from each other it's, it's fantastic, I like Indian food by the way as spicy as they are <laughs> sometimes yeah you, you <coughs> cough a bit but yeah, yeah. It, it's fantastic it, it's a fantastic delicacy mm-hmm. so which is your favourite Indian food if I, you have to just name one dish which you can eat any time of the day any Indian? I lit, I literally, I lit. The way I, I'm such a foodie that I don't even want to know the names. But <laughs> oh, you tell me that you tell me the name today, and I forget it. 
uh, because I don't want to say um classic and say no I like rotis or I like a shawarma or anything. I just those are classical ones that you can have anyway so yeah. when I go for experience when it comes to food I prefer having something that only that specific person can make for me or something that I cannot easily get at a restaurant or at any restaurant so I'd probably forget the name and I will devour the whole plate and leave it clean right and since we are talking about uh, this food exchange i think bollywood is also one of the form which has reached uh, all over the world so do you have any interactions with that i beg your pardon uh, do you watch any bollywood movies oh um no unfortunately not okay I, the last time i was exposed to bollywood movies i think i was six or eight years old i don't even remember the name i just remember it being like a musical and people dancing and exaggerated scenes people <laughs> flying and catching cars yeah that's what i remember from oh, okay but uh, bollywood has reached to uh, the south african region as well yeah yeah it does it does we do find people who actually enjoy bollywood movies or we actually even know like they know soundtracks in the movies Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Uh I and I would like to so because I really have no uh, interactions with any of the South African uh, form of literature. Uh, what is the base of literature of South Africa? Or you can't really find any common base. So when it comes to 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 literature, we do have we have a, a lot of authors. We have a uh, theatrical authors, we have um novelist but lately there's been a, a surge in young people writing about the different cultures that one can find in South Africa so that is our way of taking their real South Africa to the world and by me saying their real South Africa I mean the different cultures of it and not only concentrating on the political aspect of what south africa is because if you travel the globe and you tell a person that i'm from south africa the only thing that they remember or the only thing they can say is nelson mandela hmm. so yeah the the generation coming up now of 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 authors and exposing themselves to literature either through spoken word or through actual writing we trying to tell a different story Uh, about a different time uh, we're trying to highlight that there's more to south africa than just conquering apartheid and nelson mandela and mm. uh, we are talking and highlighting more about forget forgotten cities and the forgotten people of south africa or rather not forgotten but those that are not heard of uh, so we have your zix mda who continue to write about being um, a young black person in South Africa back in the day during oppression and you have uh, other authors like there's a an, a young female author by the name uh, Malaika Azania uh, she writes about the how South Africa is post uh, colonialism or post apartheid we have a young author who also happens to be my friend her name is Messi Mandeka who has written three books to date uh one is about 
um, how South Africa is for a young black woman who was promised freedom and is now still experiencing challenges in growing and developing herself professionally. The second book was um, Codes to Herself, to Her Younger Self. The book is titled To My Younger Self. And she recently also published another book called um, Don't Upset Omalume, which translates to Don't Make the Uncles Mad. And it talks unto the Osa culture. So it talks about her tribe and her cultural practices and how to get up your your course again if you want to understand um that type of culture that their culture more mm -hmm. properly the book is what you would go to so it talks about how boys are raised how girls are raised how not to tiptoe around the elderly how to do things proper in the closer culture so there there is a lot of Interesting. people especially young people contributing to south african literature now right and i think a lot of diversity also i mean out of all the things that you mentioned i see there are a lot of diversities of literature which has been written and uh, spoken about right yeah def definitely so with south africa the diversity is is immense because you'd have more than 23 different tribes speaking more than 23 different languages and right. um, right. having different beliefs uh, have following different spiritualities or religions and all that is happening under one, one country one. and it's just 66 million people and as a person you just need to be able to navigate and make sure that it is never a me against you or them against us. It, the only thing that binds us together should be our love for humanity and our love for the world and all these different people. So if Very well you and I were to unpack what South Africa is or how South Africa is, it would take us the rest of the year for this podcast to understand I'm because sure. you need to dissect each and every layer of the different I'm people sure. that exist right 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 i'm sure and since um uh, though i know uh, there's a time constraint but i have a, uh, i have uh, would really like to know are there any superstitious beliefs which you people follow superstitious beliefs uh like again let me talk let me talk about myself and 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 the tribe that i belong to so I, I, I am from a northern Sotho region, mm -hmm. which um, currently is called Seperi. So I, th I believe that all the different tribes have their superstitions. But um, personally, me, as a scientist, you know, I'm, I'm data-driven and mm -hmm. um, fact-driven or science-driven. So as much as certain phenomena cannot be explained, um, we just attribute it to God or we attribute it to, uh, we, had, we do not know what that is. We haven't found out what that is. We haven't figured it out. But there are superstitions. Like when I was growing up, you'd find that when it is raining and there are lightnings, you'd be told to cover 
any reflective surface with a cloth. I don't know what 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 that was for. And there was also that you don't, excuse me, as a, as a man, you don't wear anything on your head indoors. So that those were just things that we were taught growing up. And as a young person, you never really question because if you question now it's dissent and now you're being disrespectful to your elders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we do have superstitious beliefs, but not as a, as, as a whole country because we are different people, different tribes, uh, different beliefs, different spiritualities. Right, right, right. Yeah. Of course. And then uh, since now we are reaching towards the uh, end of this podcast, I would really like you to, you know, uh, teach our audience uh, maybe a small uh, kid's rhyme or something like that in the language you speak. (laughs) Okay. I have no idea what to what to do. I, I, I can't even I, I don't even know how to introduce salutations uh, with my language, but okay. uh, so wow, I, I just wow. remember one word with you and you two had taught us. I think that was Dumela and Dumela is like you know Oh yeah, Dumela yeah, very Dumela, glad Dumela. to meet you. <laughs> yeah, is- Dumela is hello. Um and Okai is how are you? Okay. Okay. Yeah. So if 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 you say to me Dumela, I say Dumela back. Okay. And when you say Okai, it means how are you? And then I can just say Kiteng when Okai when I is you and Okai is how are you? So it's basically I'm good and yourself. So that's 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 just it. I'm I'm surprised you still remember that. Oh, unless you go unless you googled it actually. No, no, now. I didn't. I didn't. I you trust <laughs> me on this. I did not. But yeah, I remember. Yeah, I believe I, you. I remember <laughs> <laughs> because I think we used to keep you know uh, saying this because it is so catchy that you know and there are so many people representing so many different cultural backgrounds in our uh, program mm-hmm. also. So you know we mm-hmm. all had learned some of the other things from each other's language <laughs> language. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So okay. So Dumela and and what are so do you have any really uh, catchy phrase or something to teach to our audience? So, oh oh oh. So oh my gosh. So um, I can't really say it's a catchy phrase or anything, but you you know when 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 people speak and interact and talk to each other. So I think the current uh, uh, current catchphrase or something that you might say that sounds cool mm-hmm. is if somebody maybe gives you a compliment and you're trying to be snarky about it, like, um, you know me, I got this. So there's just been this uh, phrase that says, bekele beke, but it basically means just week in, week out. So if you say to me that, oh, my, oh, oh, my bunny, you look nice today. And I just said, you know me, Bekele Beke. It just means that, you know me, I'm always like this. So oh. that, that's just the, yeah, yeah. That's just the catchphrase, Bekele Beke. Bekele Beke. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it, next time it, somebody says, oh, you look nice. Just say, yeah, Bekele Beke. Bekele Beke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you know, all the time, I've been dripping all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, really cool. I mean, I agree very cool and yeah. I, nobody will understand also no, what I'm trying to say here in India especially so it's going to sound more cooler to them I believe 
as as long as it does not have any derogatory meaning in India, yeah. then you should. But I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, as, as my knowledge is concerned, I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, and oh yeah, now I thank you so much for being such a candid human being as you are. I mean, you will again say "bakeli bake" if I give you this compliment. I think because you <laughs> have been like this always. Yeah. So no, no. Thank you, so thank much. you for thank you very much for having me. It was really pleasure to interact with you. Thank you likewise. Thank you so much, everyone, for all the love you have been showering on my podcast. I am literally grateful. You can follow me on Spotify, Amazon Music, and Apple Tunes as Bahubhashik Talks, so that whenever I upload an episode, you will instantly get a notification. Thank you. Bye bye. Stay tuned for more interesting stories.